Amen. Remain standing. Take your Bibles, please. And we're going to look at a number of passages of Scripture. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read. Verse 18 to 24, then we'll look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35 to 38. And then Luke 17, pardon me, then Luke chapter 2, verse 17 to 20, and then 25 to 38. Okay, you ready? If you're all ready, say aye. All right, good. Praise the Lord. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, everybody say, before they came together. Okay. She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph... Her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sin. So all this was all so all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And took to him his wife. All right, go to Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and is now in the sixth month. For her who is called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. I think we should say that out loud, verse 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now go to Luke chapter 2, verse 17. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Go to verse 25 now. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. 
And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God, saying, verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said to, to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, and this is our final verses, a daughter the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in the instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and glorify you and praise you for what you've done in the first service, what you've done here. Thank you for your great plan of redemption and for the fact that, Jesus, you are the reason for the season of which we celebrate in all the lights, the light of the world. And God, move in power, we pray. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, you pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost, go ahead and do it right now. Oh, Ramah, we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name for what you're going to do. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, greetings from Pastor Timothy and Minister Heidi out there in King Sam and Naknek. I had the great joy of being with them this last Thursday, and we had a Christmas banquet and uh, preached the gospel, had a time of fellowship. And um, Pastor Timothy is, uh, is a humble man. And uh, I'd had no idea that God had elevated and done things for him in that community just because he never told us. So he is, we, we, we saw some evidence of him being blessed and asked him and he would be very quiet really about it. And that's his, that's his personality and his, the way that he is. And he's become the lieutenant of the King Salmon Fire Department, volunteer fire department. He manages the whole, the whole uh, you know, the whole fire department right there. And it's got all the keys to everything, drives all the trucks around. How cool you get to drive fire trucks. Told me about how God has used him and others going out on call, saving people's lives. And, um, you know, how God has used a fire department to intervene and put out fires. And he's been doing that for a number of years. And God's really blessed him. And uh, he's become the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce. And has just moved into the nerve centers of that community over the past four years. And, and we're just so blessed uh, that God is doing such a great work through him. And... Uh, it's good to have his dad here, Jose. God bless you. Your son, I know you're super proud. So am I. You know, we uh, sat on the couch in his, in his home, his now home. He's about to purchase and move into another one, which he's get really excited about. And uh, we prayed that that would close and that would even take place before Christmas in Jesus' name. So we sat on the couch and we began to talk about memories that we had and began to encourage each other. And we ended up just weeping. And, and it turned into a prayer meeting. You know, so oftentimes we can watch a Christmas movie or you can let the Holy Spirit really move in your life and you can have a real, a real time of 
incredible impartation. And, and that's really what that was, as we dreamed and talked and prayed. And I won't ask you to raise your hand. I'm moving on. I just want to give you a report and the introduction about what's going on there. So excited. Praise the Lord. There was a lot of... Um, uh, strife that was produced through a post that I put up on Facebook. And uh, I certainly don't put posts up to stir up strife. Um, you know, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil thing, says James. And so the, the, the argument came about, uh, about Sabbath, what the Sabbath rest is. And let me just say this biblically. If you want to worship on Saturday, glory to God. You want to worship on Sunday, if Sunday is your Sabbath rest, awesome. But the truth is, the truth is, Jesus fulfills the Sabbath rest, period. So there's lots of arguments of when you're supposed to have church. When, it, it doesn't really matter. You see, you should rest in Jesus every day. But there is a principle of taking one in seven and having a break. If you work, I don't know if you've seen some of those studies, but you work for seven days to try to make more money, you make less. They don't know how they figure that out. You get tired, you get sick more often. You, you need to have a day of rest. So there's a, whole, there's a whole group of people that says, well, no, we need to worship like the Jews did and have Sabbath on Friday night when the sun goes down and, and you have church all day Saturday or celebrate the Sabbath on Saturday until the sun goes down on Saturday. That's the Sabbath. And then you have a group that says, well, no, it's Sunday because the church, the first century church worshiped on the first day of the week. And you can look at that and prove that and all that. And, and that's why we're having church today on Sunday. It was Sunday was a resurrection. And that's why we're having church on Sunday. And, and that's a whole nother topic. And you can get into it. And I'm not going to because the point is this. We got church on Wednesday. Is it okay to have church on Wednesday? It is. We used to have it on Tuesday. We used to have Saturday night service, and maybe we'll do that again. The point is, is that you should worship God every day, and it's not, it's not about the day that you worship, but it's, it's about the one year. The Sabbath is for man, not for God. Not for God, okay? So there's folks that get all tore up about that, and so tried to straighten that out and put the wrong heading on that, and it just created the bomb, so I just deleted the whole thing. Amen. Praise God. But I had, had, some, had some other folks. I've never seen so many people get bent up out of shape at about a green tree. Now, I, we will worship God in the prescribed way of, of truth based on Scripture. Ain't nobody bowing down to a tree. And if you're bowing down to a tree and worshiping the tree, you need deliverance. You come up a little bit later and uh, Brother Barry Hager sent you free. Or any one of my staff will lay hands on you and break that bondage right off of you. Amen. Yeah, that's, it'd be terrible to worship a tree. Wouldn't it? O Tannenbaum, never sing it. I just don't. I just, I just don't. It comes, O Tannenbaum. What, oh, Christmas tree? Oh, seriously? I don't, I, don't, I don't sing that. Is there anybody else? You'd be like, I, I sing that. Okay, well, I don't think you're going to hell over singing O Tannenbaum. But understand, I don't understand that the reason for this season is Jesus. And here's how, I see, here's how I see trees. And I've taught my kids and all that. It's a tradition. Is it a godly tradition? No. It's straight from the pit. However. However. But say however. There are certain things you can redeem. And we've chosen to redeem it. I mean, what other holiday? I mean, get all upset. But this particular holiday is about Jesus, right? And when you, when you can take something from the enemy, take it back. It's like taking Goliath's sword. 
Okay, it was a defiled object till it got in the hands of David and he slew the giant with his own sword. We can take this holiday and make it about Christ and make him big and do outreaches and do all kinds of stuff and declare that, yes, he was born. He wasn't born in December either and he wasn't even born on the 25th. So you can take that and we've redeemed it. Can you redeem it? Well, we did at my house. If you're worshiping at a tree at your house, I rebuke you right now. Jesus is the reason for the season. And the lights are a picture of he's the light of the world. And the tree's a picture of it's evergreen, a picture of eternity. Here, just let me just give you some new pictures. And it gets chopped down, but it comes back up, the resurrection. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And what about the presence? What about the presence? The presence represent, some of you didn't hear all that, but it, the presents represent the greatest gift that was ever given, Jesus. Them on the gift of salvation, right? So you be sure that you impress upon your kids the real meaning of Christmas and celebrate it. How, however the Lord wants you to celebrate it. You celebrate it. If you're really set and I'm not having a tent, don't have a tree, but don't get down on somebody else. Hello. All right. Very good. Did you guys get something from that? All right, let's get it. Does that have anything to do with the message? Not a thing. I just wanted to just straighten some stuff out. Amen. Uh, let, let's, let's look here. Now, it says in Hebrews 3 that we're to encourage one another daily. Now, I'm going to, I am attempting by the word of God to encourage you today. So that after you leave this place, you'll be encouraged, encouraged through this next week to walk in faith at Christmas. Walk in faith at Christmas. And so we're going to look at these, these testimonies here of these different Christmas stories and, and some not so Christmassy, but they really are, Simeon and Anna. And from them, draw or glean truth, apply them to our lives that we could walk in a place of faith that maybe we haven't before at this time. There's more people that are hurting and broken and discouraged and wondering when, you know, this is a hard time of the year for many, many people. It used to be for me. We needed, we needed healing at Christmas time in our family all those years ago, but we've been healed. Thank you, Jesus. So let me encourage you. Look at your notes now. The Christmas story is made up of testimonies that describe faith and encourage ours. So I want to encourage you. Again, Hebrews 3, encourage one another daily. See that no one turns away as a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns away from the living God. Turning away from the living God. Look, the enemy wants you to turn away. But we're supposed to encourage you. So hopefully you get encouraged. The first one, Mary. Mary, faith is surrender. Mary, faith is what? Surrender. Think about this. In verse 38, the angel comes and says, Mary, hi, Mary, you're going to be overshadowed. What? Overshadowed. Power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to become pre pregnant. Excuse me? She had to submit. She says in verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. She didn't have to do that. She could have said, listen, I'm about to be married. Joe, Joseph, he's fine. He's not going to be so happy about me being overshadowed. <laughs> so I, you know, can you, you know, the favor, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the honor. You chose me. I don't really understand that. Can you pick somebody else? But she didn't. She said, no. <laughs> I surrender. I mean, what are you going to say to an archangel standing there? Pretty intimidating archangels. But she, but she had a choice. Do you know you have a choice? 
You have a choice whether you serve God or not. You have a choice whether you give or not. You have a choice whether you live for him or not. You're not a pawn on some chess game where then you're just moved around by, by a God who's insensitive to you. No, he partners with you. And you have a choice. You can choose whether you're going to live for him or not live for him. Love is not in a, love is not in a vacuum. See, he could have made us love him, but that's not what he did. We choose to love him. Love, love. We have a free will. And many people think, well, no, it's already set. No, no, it isn't. He said, well, I see some predestination, different things. Well, you just don't know, you don't know the, really the end from the beginning. He does. So we just trust and hope and believe and, and, and choose rightly. Surrender. Listen, there's things that you can't do and things that you can. We're going to look at Joseph. Joseph's faith is obedience. Write that in your notes. I mean, how are you going to get overshadowed? By the way, the overshadowing and virgin birth no longer happens, okay? So just telling you. How is Mary going to, how does that happen? Her job was just to be like, okay. And then, I don't know, one day why she's having tea or something, you know, Holy Spirit, I don't know how that works, but, but it's in fulfillment of prophecy. Joseph, different. It's really two sides of one coin. It's surrender on one side, but the other side is obedience. So God speaks to Joseph in a dream. How many of you know God speaks in dreams? He speaks to him in a dream. And I, I, as I, I didn't see this in the other times that I went through it, but we read this about Joseph, and Joseph, he didn't make a knee-jerk response. Mary's like, Joseph, I'm, I'm pregnant, and it was God. He's like, right. I'm going to take a nap, okay? Look, some of you need to take a nap on some of the stuff that you got going on. You'd be, be like, what? Where is he? You know, you lose your mind and get all knee-jerk. Instead of respond, you react. He responded. He went and talked to the Lord. So it's a good thing. I, I should probably take some of that wisdom myself at times. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Some of you just instant reaction. And he didn't. He went, he went and he's like, I don't know. I'm going to talk to the Lord. The Lord comes in a dream. Angel comes to him in a dream and says, yeah, this is me. So you take her. You take her to be your wife. And he obeys. See, faith is surrender, but faith is also obedience. The surrender, look, you can't raise the dead. You can't heal the sick, but, but you can obey. You can, you can lay hands on them and believe for the, the power of God to come. The power of God, that's his part. Your part is to lay hands. Joseph's part was to take her, take her as his wife. As confusing and perplexing as it was, he obeyed. Christmas faith. Walking in Christmas faith. you got to learn to surrender. And, and you not only have to learn to surrender, you have to obey. Faith for Joseph is obedience. And Joseph's obedience would protect the child. I mean, you think about this. They, the, the, the child is born and Herod comes and performs genocide in Bethlehem. This is history. His story. You can read it in the Bible, but, it, but you can search uh, secular texts and see that there was genocide. In fact, I went to Bethlehem and they say they found, they believe they found the grave of where all these babies were buried. It's a mass grave. They found all these babies' bones. What a sicko. So afraid of his world being interrupted that he would go to try to kill the Messiah like you could try to do that. You try, it's not going to work. You know, some people never receive Jesus because they're afraid he's going to interrupt their plans. And, and, and in a dream again, an angel comes and says, Joseph, move to eat. You get out of here. 
moved to Egypt and he provided for it with the, the wise men, which we'll talk about. We didn't read that text, but we'll talk about them. The wise men bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How do you think he paid for his trip? All expense paid trip to Egypt was with the gold, I think. He got up and he left and then the genocide came and, and he protected, my gosh, Joseph's obedience. The third group, there's two, two people, Simeon and Anna, and to them... This Christmas faith, we'll call it, walking in Christmas faith, and the faith of Christmas is, is perseverance. Faith is perseverance. We got rid of a microwave a long time ago, and we, we don't have a microwave in my house, but I have one in my camper. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Just not allowed to use it when my wife is there. So we've done away with the microwave, but we are a microwave type of culture. So it, we want to put it in the Jiffy Pop and boom. You know, you cannot compare Jiffy Pop popcorn to real popcorn with, the, with expensive oil and done just right in the bottom. You cannot compare. They are not the same. But some people are like, I've never had that kind of popcorn. Well, you've been ripped off all your life. You need to have real popcorn. And I've found this. I've found real food is better than microwave food by far. You know what else I found? I found that water, when you could heat up water in a microwave, I know it call me crazy, but this is my experience. You can heat up water in a microwave and it doesn't stay hot. I can't figure that out, but it loses its temperature really quickly and it does not make the same cup of tea and it doesn't make the same cup of coffee. I don't know. It's microwave. You know, we have a whole microwave culture. McDonald's, Burger King. Going up. I mean, I'm guilty when I used to go there. I'd pull up. I'd be like, for God's sake, it's three minutes. I mean, well, did you have to go kill the cow, knock the horns off? Are they gutting that in the back? I mean, really? Like, where's my, where's, three minutes. Then you lose your mind. You get into your burger. Then when it comes out, your fries are cold and you send those back and make everybody wait. Did anybody know what I'm talking about? And we get upset. Like I had to wait a whole four minutes. And, and, and they had, they, really? No, and, and then some of you are like, when's my breakthrough? When, persevere. We're so used to instant. Instant is not as good as waiting for the fullness. To, listen, instant. Does anybody remember the Swanson Hungry Man Jack meals? TV dinners. You remember those? They are the most horrid, defiled things you could possibly eat. I, I wouldn't, I, I'd fast before I'd eat one of those things now. I'm going to get just sick as a dog try to eat the hungry man Jack. My name ain't Jack, but I am hungry and I ain't touching that. These guys persevered. They're, they're older. I mean, you could, older. You could do the math and try to figure out how old she is, 80-something years old, or maybe, you know, maybe she's in her 90s. And you know, There's a couple different ways to look at that. But the point is that Anna waited, for the, waited to see the Messiah. Simeon waited, prayed. I don't know how long you've been waiting for your miracle. You know, some of you feel like you're waiting forever, and it's like, I've been waiting for a couple years. A couple years? That's like a couple seconds. You say, well, I've been waiting. I used to think that five years was a long time. Then I got a little bit older and I realized five years ain't nothing. I mean, you blink and five years goes by. And so then, I, then I, I moved and thought, well, 10 years is really, 10 years is long. If you're younger, you think 10 years is long. Okay. Then, then I don't think 10 years is all that long. It's not short, but, it, but it's getting shorter as I get older. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Okay, so then in like 20 year segments, 20 years is long. And as I'm, as I'm maturing, I realize that certain things might take a lifetime, but God will come through in his time and in his way. And if I'll just persevere, listen, if you quit, then you're not going to get any breakthrough. Come on, you won't. Sometimes you have to contend. You got to fight. You got to persevere. My goodness. And so Anna persevered. Simeon persevered. We have this mistaken idea that God's an instant God. And he comes according to your time clock. He doesn't even know what your time clock says. He's not on his time. He's on God time. In fact, God doesn't have time. Let me run that through again. He's outside of time. He steps into time and space. It sent his son. He steps into time and space to intervene on your behalf and help you. But if he's outside of time, watch this now. If he's outside of time and you're in time, he sees everything all happening. He sees it all. Now faith is. So if he's outside of time and he knows you need a miracle right here, it's already there for you if you'll persevere. But if you don't persevere, then you don't get... Come on. He had to... I mean, Zacchaeus, a wee little man was him. He was a wee little man. There had to be a tree that he had to climb. Do you know that that tree was planted long before that God knew that Zacchaeus needed the tree right at that moment when Jesus was going to come by in a crowd. It was too short to see. And he knew that there would be a way for him to get up to see so he could have salvation come to his house. Do you think about, you think about uh, Exodus chapter, I think it's 15, and the wood that Moses throws in the bitter water. It was already there. In fact, he says he threw a piece of wood in NIV. That really, that really took a tree and he threw it in the bitter water. He prayed and God showed him the tree and he threw it in the water and it became sweet and everybody was saved from their thirst. And he said, I am the Lord your God that healeth thee. That's where that scripture comes from. The tree had to be planted generations before. And, and, and I think it's a sycamore tree, is it? I, I need to look. But I mean, he had to keep camels from stepping on it. He had to keep camels from eating it. When it was a little shoot, God protected that thing, knew it was the exact kind of tree it needed to be to change the water. There is a preemptive miracle for you that you're not going to receive if you don't persevere. You think about Luke 18, this woman who tries to get justice from, from the Lord, from a judge. Pardon me. The judge didn't fear God, didn't fear man. And she's constantly, says, harassed him day and night. Harassed him. He'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh, and she'd be like, give me justice. She's right outside the window. <laughs> He'd go to the market. It's his day off from all of his judging. And there she'd be, give me justice. <laughs> and she didn't let up. She wouldn't shut up. And finally he's like, I don't fear God or this. But I just can't take it anymore. She's going to drive me insane. What do you want? What do you want? I want justice. Okay, fine. Where? What is it? Strain it out. Fine. Now go away. And here's what, here's, what, uh, here's what the Lord says about that. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out day and night? Is, is it true? Will he, he'll give you justice? He will give you justice. God is not unjust. He's just. But there's something about perseverance. He says in another place, will the Son of Man find faith when he returns in the earth? Faith is perseverance. Faith is surrender. Faith is obedience. Come on, faith is perseverance. Are you persevering? Don't quit. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, don't quit. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Winning is not the only thing. It's everything. Amen. Praise God. 
Now, we didn't talk, we didn't read this about the, 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 um, uh, the, the wise men, but we did read about the shepherds. Here, D, look, look at D. Faith is declaration. Faith is declaration. These shepherds, I'm going I'm to talk about the shepherds and swaddling clothes. I've done that at other times. I won't do that now. It's so packed with revelation that, it, that it's going to make you weep. Probably, probably next Sunday, Christmas Eve, I'll, I'll talk about that. It is, I went to Jerusalem a couple years ago and traveled through Bethlehem and saw the shepherds' fields and learned some things I just never knew about swaddling clothes. Absolutely amazing. For those of you that are good Bereans, you want to study that a little bit, go read up on it, and then I'll break it out maybe next Sunday if the Lord, if the Lord wills. But these shepherds, they had angels come appear to them. They were Levitical shepherds raising sheep for the, for the temple. And, and the shepherds couldn't even vote. They were considered really kind of outcasts, people that they probably smelled really bad. That's why they wouldn't allow them in the vote. I don't know. But they, but they couldn't even vote. And, and angels appear to them and they tell them about the good tidings, about the Messiah. And they were the first witnesses. Isn't it amazing that God would choose the first witnesses to be shepherds who couldn't even vote, that nobody trusted them or believed them. And you know, the, 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 even when Jesus rose again from the grave, you know who he chose? He chose a woman. He chose women. He said, what, are you against women? Not at all. But in the first century, women couldn't, women couldn't vote. And so to reveal, to reveal yourself to a woman who can't vote and wasn't trusted in that culture, why would you do that? And it's because it's true. That's what happened. And so you read the Gospels, it just doesn't match up with the cultures because it's God's, God's ordained. He put it together. These shepherds go and they testify and they share their, their, their faith. Their faith is a declaration. And for you and me, we need to declare our faith. Do you know that your testimony, your declaration of what God has done for you releases encouragement and strength to those and it builds your own faith. The second thing they did is they praised God. They what? They, they praised God. I encouraged you during worship to, to praise him. I, I, I know all kinds of miracles and things. I could tell you testimonies about God's delivering power. I'll just tell you one. I was on the island of Molokai, and I've shared this story before. I was on the island of Molokai. I was our first pastorate all by ourselves, sent off to Molokai, me and my beautiful wife. It's the first weekend I was there. Uh, I, think, I think Karen was actually, uh, Karen and the kids, uh, kid, Hannah was uh, still back on Maui, and we, I had gone to Molokai to do that service. We were in the process of moving. Molokai was one of the most demonized islands in the Hawaiian island chain. They trained all the kahunas there, all kinds of witchcraft. More, there is more perversion and, and, and a bondage there and poverty there than any other island. You say, I've never heard of Molokai. That's right, because most people don't go there. And that's Molokai. It's, it's changed. There's been real transformation in many ways over the years, really, because of our church and, and others, of course. So we went there, and we heard about the spirit of death and the cursed grove trees and all this stuff. I could go on and on and on and on and on. So when I went, I was in my 30s, and I went, I was just like, I had two little guns, two little pea shooters, and I was going to shoot everything I had and have revival. That's how I felt. I'm like, oh, come on. So we go there, it's the first weekend, and we get a phone call after Sunday morning service. I'm staying with one of the leaders, Doc Langer, who's gone to be with the Lord. He gets a phone call, and it's one of his friends who's reporting his wife is making animal noises, and she's in the barn. She's locked herself in there, and there's great fear and dread over the whole property, and, and, and there's animal noises, real animal noises, coming out of the, out of the stall. Come and help. 
He's like, okay, pastor, there's animal noises and it, it's a demon and we need to go there. I'm thinking, no, I don't feel led to go right now. <laughs> no, really, I mean, you can say whatever you want. I've read all the books and all that. I'm just like, yeah, no, I, you know, I need to pray. I was terrified. I'm like, um, you know, maybe it'll go away while I take my nap. And plus, I needed a nap in the afternoon. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're, we're almost done with this service. You're going to go home. Some of you are going to eat and then nap. I think that's a very godly thing. Been doing it since I got saved. Now, I hadn't had my nap. I'd had the lunch, but it's like nap time. We're going to cast out demons. I need a nap. So I said, uh, no, uh, you know, I need to go pray. And he said, uh, okay, how about after? I said, yeah, well... We'll call after, you know. So I went and lied down on some couch. My nap consisted of, God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. You know, it's just you know, like sleep, wake up, sleep, wake up, praying in the spirit. Then Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, God. Finally, I get up. I'm, and uh, this leader, you know, I'm, I'm the new pastor. So it's kind of like, Let's go. I mean, I, I, knew I, had to, I knew I had to be the leader. I mean, who's going to follow? Um, yeah, no, I'm scared. I just want to stay back. I mean, that's what I felt. So I knew I had to be the man, you know. Oh, let's go. Let's bring the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thinking death and everything down there. I heard about these Molokai demons. You know, that's, and that's what I'm going through. So we, we travel down there. When we drive into the property, the temperature changes. Easy, easy 10 degrees colder. We get to the property, and there's, there's the man. And I've told the story many times, so I'll hurry. He, he opens the door. He sees us, and he just points and shuts the door. He doesn't even greet us. He points at the barn and says, ah, ah, and he's got this terrified look, ah, and shuts the door. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of rude, especially for Hawaii, because they're all aloha. They ain't no aloha there that day. Actually, the truth was the ultimate aloha was there. We walked into the barn, walked in. I was terrified. I only moved forward because I knew if I don't lead now and I don't win now, then we're not going to take the island. We're not going to have revival and I might as well pack my bags and go home. And that's the only reason I just kept going. Read enough, knew enough of God's word to just keep my terrified frame moving forward. Praying in emergency tongues. So we get in there, and it smells. Uh, the smell. I know the smell. It's, it's, uh, evil has a smell. There's a fragrance of the Lord. It's a fragrance of hell. So it had the fragrance of hell. And I don't know how to describe that to you, but it'll make you choke and, and hurl. I got to the door. Knocked on the door. Open the door. All we hear is snapping of teeth on an animal in there. But it's not an animal. It's a human being. So then I, I look at Doc, and he's like, <laughs> so I, I just emulated kind of what I saw before. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, open the door. It's Pastor Daniel. I thought put the word Pastor Daniel on the end. <laughs> the door opens. And there's this person who I only see the white of their eyes. That's all I see. There are no eyeballs. White. Shaking, trembling, snapping her teeth. She falls back and falls in the middle of the floor, and fear comes on me like a blanket. Dude, I want to run so much. Ah! It's just like, ah! We just want to run, but a doc's there, and I can't fail. And it's like, ah! I don't even have compassion for her. I don't know why. Talking about worship. There she sits, and Doc Langer's trembling, and I'm trembling. He goes, what do we do? What do we do, Pastor? What do we do? I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, 
um, 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 we're going to worship. He's like, all right, now I know hundreds, I'm going to give you know, hundreds of worship songs. I got hundreds in my head now, right now. So I, I, I'm like, okay, let's worship. You know, we do the Barney, just instantly, just <laughs> assume the Barney worship position. And I can't think of one song and I want to run. I'm going to run and scream like a little girl and I can't think of anything. And I'm like, okay, worship, 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 uh, worship you, worship song, worship. <laughs> That's what we're hearing. <laughs> and I began to sing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound of the rest of me. That's, that was about my first time through. Once I was lost and now I found it, I couldn't even remember any of it. About two, two times through, it was dead out of tone. I mean, he was, Doc Langer was tone deaf anyway. So when he started singing, I'm sure the demons started getting tormented. We began to sing, and I'm not kidding, the third, fourth time through, something shifted. Fifth or sixth time through, something else changed to the point where his presence and power was, and this is how I describe it, because nothing else fits. There's no logical you know, flow of thought that I had. His presence came, his presence increased, his power came, his power increased, and before you know it, we're not even there anymore. We're like worshiping God, like before the throne, but we were still standing there. I don't know how to describe that. And the next set of events, I can only tell you as we looked back on it, like I had to remember kind of what happened, but it wasn't me that did it. Power God came on us. We grabbed that beautiful girl's head, in my two hands, and she shot up off the ground and levitated about two feet off the ground and every so often would hit the ground. Now, I have a witness, so it wasn't just my imagination. He saw the same thing, so I'm pretty sure that's what happened. She got touched by God. Truth is, she got delivered. She hit the ground. Her eyes came back into her skull. We stood her up. We led her to Christ. She got baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and, and was added to the church. And we walked out, we, when we walked out, we got in his little van as we're driving away, the husband and wife holding each other, weeping and crying. We're driving out of the property, and I'm thinking, it's kind of like I'm feeling like I, I, I'm back. Like a, a, the, the anointing is, is what we say, the anointing starts lifting. And it's kind of like, did that, that, that happen? That happened? I say, hey, Doc Langer. He goes, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she was floating, dude. She was off the ground. Yeah, she was, she was off the ground, absolutely. She was floating. She was levitating. I saw she was floating, and then she got set free. She got set free. I was like, whoa, it did happen. It was like a dream. Listen, some of you don't understand the power that can be released in your life if you worship. These, these, these shepherds lifted their voice in worship. It wasn't a matter of feeling. It was a matter of truth and revelation and fulfillment of Scripture. Oh, i got to hurry. Come on, somebody say, worship. That's the second thing they did, declaration. When you worship, you're declaring that God's on the throne, that the devil's been defeated. When you make declaration that by his stripes you're healed, you're declaring that to be released. When you say that the devil knows, that you know, or I know, that the devil knows, that God knows, that I have power and authority over him. In Jesus' name, it does something. Fourthly, or is it fifthly? Fifth. Wise men. We didn't read this, but you can read it in Matthew 2. They come to worship, and, and what, what faith to them is sacrifice. What do you mean sacrifice? If you look at verse 16 of Matthew chapter 2, you find that these, they're not three men either. They're wise men with three gifts we know they gave. We don't know how many wise men. It was an entourage. They saw the star two years before. So they traveled 
They're most likely disciples of Daniel. They traveled from the east to go worship the king of kings according to scripture that they knew that out of Bethlehem would come a ruler. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the couldn't sees and wouldn't sees they're all gathered around Herod and there's the wise men and their entourage. And they ask, where is the king of kings, the Messiah going to be born? And they say, well, it's in Bethlehem. And so the wise men go off to Bethlehem to worship. The religious people don't go. Herod doesn't go. But these wise men go off to Bethlehem. And in reflection, Herod says, when did they see that star? Two years. They had a two-year camping trip to get to church. Let me ask you, how far did you drive today? Some of you might have come from Anchorage. Awesome. You say, is that the point? No, the point is sacrifice. You will never see God's power put out in, on display through your life if you're not willing to sacrifice. And, and there has never been anything great done for God. And when I say great, I don't mean size or magnitude or worldwide impact. Great is very small also. But it requires sacrifice. Listen, your marriage is worth sacrificing for. The Lord is, is worthy to be sacrificed for. And we have lost in our culture the importance of sacrifice. It's good to sacrifice. You even know about sacrificing when you're giving? God wants to bring you into that experience. You'll never know the power of the resurrection if you don't know the fellowship of his sufferings, by the way. We like want to quote that scripture, Lord, I want to know the power of your resurrection. You can't forget the next part, the fellowship of your suffering. The fellowship of suffering, it's not that God wishes suffering on us, but we live in a fallen world, and if you'll learn to embrace him in the midst of your suffering, you'll see the power of the resurrection. The wise men, it could have been a four-year trip. Two years one way, maybe it was two years going back. I mean, I, I, I don't know. But I've known people that didn't go to church because they were tired or something. Now, I'm all for getting rest and taking care of yourself. There's times where we can push beyond our limits of our, of our human body and our frame and get yourself sick. How many know you can go beyond what your physical body can handle? That's not good either. But I've, I've known people, well, I'm just, I'm just tired. He bled for you. <laughs> Thank you, brother, on the front row. Sacrifice. Thank God for our military. They sacrifice so that you and I can meet freely right now, that we have, we have freedom in our nation because that's worth sacrificing for. Some fights are not worth getting and that's why I deleted the Facebook nonsense. I'm not going to argue over that. How about are you living for Christ? Or are you living in sin? Are you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you expanding the kingdom? Are you loving God? Are you serving? Are you walking humbly and grateful as a servant before the Lord? Pitch your tent on what day you worship. Shut up. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Stop, stop it. Stop, stop. How many souls have you won lately? When, when's the last time you crucified your flesh so that you could do something where nobody would find out about it? I mean, you know, real worship. It's, it's not songs on a screen. and It's that which comes from your heart when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and you continue on and you turn the other cheek and you live like Christ lived and you do what Christ did. You know, all legalistic. You know what legalism? Legalism does the same stuff that, that heartfelt, loving, relationship Christianity does. They both do the same thing. They both will fast. They both will pray. The only thing is legalism does it for the wrong reasons. Legalism is going to sting. Legalism will do it to get love. A, a loving, 
relationship understands that you already have it. That's, that's true Christianity, you already have it. So you do those things, you fast, you pray, you sacrifice because you're loved, not to get it. You already, all the love he could ever give you, he gave you. Everybody say sacrifice. Worship team, would you come please? All right, let's apply this to our lives. A few more moments and service will be over. Talking about these five different testimonies of walking in what we're calling Christmas faith, if you will. Walking the faith at Christmas. This next week, I did it on purpose because you have a whole week of tension and stuff and still finish your Christmas shopping and the gifts representing Jesus, of course, and, you know, continue to do all these things. The tensions are high and families coming and the mother-in-law, the father-in-law and the brother-in-law and everything's coming together. Come on, you can be like Mary and surrender. You can just trust God and his plan. You can be like, you can be like Joseph and, and be in, walk in obedience. You can, you can be like the third one, Simeon and, and Anna. Be, persevere. Come on, persevere. Don't quit. You can be like the shepherds and make declaration. Tell people about what God's done for you and sing his praises. That's what, they, that's what else they did. They were worshiping. The first worshipers were shepherds. And the angels, of course. The wise men. They sacrificed. Let's do these things. God is speaking to us for our, our response to Christmas faith. These are real people doing real things in time. Be encouraged to be a person of faith. At Christmas, around the table. Don't shy back from talking about what God's done for you. Share your faith with people. Reach to people. Grow your faith. The second thing I see is grow your faith through God's Word. You know, I'm, a, I'm an auditory learner. And for the longest time, I was under shame that, you know, my reading skills and my learning I would get very high comprehension, but it just take me a long time to read. And, and, I, and, I, and I couldn't read for the longest time, my mom could tell you. I can't tell you how stupid I felt for most of my time in school. I felt like an absolute dunce. Left back, you know, second grade didn't get moved forward. I had all kinds of things shouting at me about how stupid I was. but. It, in my mind and in my heart, I knew I wasn't, but I didn't understand the evidence that lined up that says that I was. So it was really confusing growing up for me. I'm all good with it now. In fact, I'm smarter than most people. Amen. I'm humble too. Praise the Lord. No, I've just settled to understand I have a unique set of gifts. I'm special. Anybody else special? Matthew, you're special. Praise God. Come on, you're, you're special. Matthew. Matthews, you're both special. Come on, someone say I'm special. Yeah, you are. You're special. And he made you. You know, God made me in a unique way. I can listen to things. I can hear sounds. I, I can hear heaven. I could just silence other things. I can begin to hear the worship of heaven. That's unique. That's different. I don't everybody have that. I think you could if you want it. So I've begun to, I've begun to devour a book. I'm devour, I've, read, I've read more of a book. The only thing is I didn't read it. I listened to it. I get some, I got this auditory thing right in my ear. You know, the Word, if you'll get in the Word, you'll become a spiritual athlete. Now, if you have a hard time reading like it's challenging for me, then start listening to it. It's available on, on, on a, all kinds of apps. If you will just read God's Word and stay in the New Testament for a little bit. 
You know, stay, if you're, if you're new in your faith, you know, listen, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or listen to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over and over and let Jesus walk up and down the pages of your heart. It'll just set your heart on fire. Something will happen to you. Many people are weak and anemic in their walk because they never read the word. You heard more word this morning than you've heard all week. You're rebuking me, Pastor? Absolutely. Turn the TV off. Take, come on, just give them a little bit of time and you'll watch God cause your faith to grow through God's word. Right, man? Yeah. C, commit yourself to help others grow in faith. Who are you helping? Who are you reaching to? I was stopped by a brother in our church who thanked me today. I was so encouraged. He said, I just want to thank you for running after me in the parking lot. I thought, what? He said, yeah, I was leaving. I wasn't going to come back here. And you ran after me in a parking lot and stopped me. And now I'm serving God. I mean, they're part of all kinds of stuff. and really just key leaders in our church. And I thought, man, I ought to run after more people in more parking lots. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you run after people in a parking lot? You understand what I'm saying? Reach to people. Reach to people. Invite them. We have this outreach that's coming in tonight. It's going to be an amazing night. Invite people. We'll pull out all the chairs. It's called Gifts in the House. It is one of the most hysterical, sweet, touching experiences. <laughs> it's going to be great. There's people that have gifts that decided that they're going to use their gifts. There's dance and song and all kinds of things from people that don't maybe normally do that. And they're going to express their gifts. And it's going to be great tonight. And, and you know, Wednesday night, we'll have a Holy Ghost service. Next, next Sunday is Christmas Sunday. I'll preach a special message. Come on, let's fill all the empty chairs. Can we do that? Come on, reach to people. You say, well, people say, well, I don't have a ride. Go pick them up. Go love on people. Sunday night, we'll have a Christmas Eve candlelight communion service, 6 o'clock and at 8 o'clock. You should have a postcard in your mailbox or at your house right now. If you haven't gotten it yet, it's soon to arrive. Why would we do that? To invite people, to reach them with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For Jesus is the reason for the season. We can have faith like these guys and change our, change our community. Can you say amen? Come on, go tell it on the mountain. Go, go, go use your Christmas faith all this week. Don't quit. Don't let up. Surrender. Persevere. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Be a model of faith. There, I'm almost done. Model of faith. Commit yourself to help others grow in their faith. The greatest disciples I have are my children. The greatest disciples you have are your children. When you lose the whole world, you, 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 you gain the whole world, you lose your family, you've blown it. Worse is the unbeliever, an infidel, worse is the infidel, the unbeliever, than the man who doesn't provide for his family. And when I say man, I mean mankind, man, woman. And providing is more than bringing home a paycheck. A providing is more, much more, much more than that. Providing is teaching them the, the statutes and the, the word of the Lord, teaching them teaching them the word, teaching them how to get a hold of God, teaching them how to pray. The greatest model of Christ I can give is to my children. I've asked them uh, because it's good to ask. You know, kids, they'll tell you the truth unless they're scared of you or something. I don't mean like a godly fear. You can terrify your kids. They'll never talk to you because you're just going to get so angry and blow your stack and use your anger, witchcraft to control them. Thank you. Amen. Where was that? Model, model your faith. So I asked my kids, I, I, you know, do you see the same person at church than you do at home? Because I've heard the stories about pastors' kids and it's not true about my kids. My kids love the Lord. Far from perfect. All of us are far from perfect. But we're all loving the Lord in our family. So how's that? 
it's because they've seen their mom. They've seen their dad. And I've failed many times, but we repent lots. <laughs> and we endeavor to try to model what it is to be a real Christian and pray and sacrifice and serve. Are you modeling in your home, your family? Are you cursed like lie when the bill, bill collectors call and tell your kids to lie for you? Yeah, you're modeling lying. Hello? I know nobody here. You guys are perfect. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we all need to model Christ. And then uh, lastly, share your faith with others, as I already talked about. Did you get something from the Lord? Put your hands together for Jesus. Ushers, would you help us out? Would you come? We're going to take an offering. I've been, I've been asked by Dr. Morocco to receive an offering, and this is for the Christmas gift that he gives to uh, the staff. There's a large staff now, and so we're going to give them. This is their Christmas bonus. It's not going to be expressly. Ushers, would you come? This is going to uh, all of our staff. And uh, he many times, well, for 30, I think it's is it 37 years. Is that right, Pastor Alex? 37 years for Dr. Morocco? Yeah. For 37 years, he's done this and he adds to it and we end up with a Christmas blessing. And so we'll do that now if you want to participate. And if not, it's don't, don't worry. I know some of you will give cards and things like that. And we're thankful, but this goes to all the staff. Very grateful for, for Dr. Morocco. What a great time it was Wednesday. Come on, God, God's given us our loan for our property. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. It's encouraging. Wonderful. You can give utilizing the app if you want to also. If you say, oh, I don't want to do that. No, then don't. It's fine. Amen. You know, your love for, your love for me and my staff is it's really it's pretty overwhelming. We feel so deeply loved by you, and, and we want you to know that we, we love you too. And we're here for you. We're going to grow as a family. We're going to reach this community. Amen. Come on, say amen. Ushers, would you come? Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Father, thank you for your, this beautiful staff that, that I get to be a part of and for serving underneath Dr. Morocco, a real a real apostle. He doesn't call himself that, but, but, but I do. What a great man of faith who's modeled sacrifice and serving all these many years. I pray that you would bless the staff and that you would multiply the blessing, that you would crown the year, crown this year with goodness, not, not just now, but, but through all these things in our lives. And the greatest gift we've ever received is you, Jesus. Oh God, we, we give today for the blessing of seeing the staff blessed at this Christmas time. Thank you for each and every one. Bless the marriages on the staff. Bless all the ministers and pastors and all the office workers and everybody that serves, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity of being such a wonderful team to touch the world, the glory of God, even at this time. And bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. What a isn't he wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? Sing After you give, would you stand with us? Bow down before him, for he is Lord.
close a service without giving an opportunity to repent and give your life to Christ. And if you've never done that, won't you do it now? Those online, those here, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the very first time, you've never done that, won't you do it today? Or secondly, you've drifted and you've compromised and you're not as close to the Lord as you used to be and He's calling you to come home. If you feel in any, fit in any of those categories, giving your heart to Jesus for the first time or making a recommitment to Him, Every head bowed, every eye closed, those online, those that are listening through our media, those here in the sanctuary, if that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus first time or make a recommitment, you want to be included in this prayer, would you lift your hand now? Just lift your hand up high. God bless you, sister. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Thank you, son. I see that name. I see that hand. Anybody on this side over here? Want to get right with God? Thank you, Jesus. Over on this side, one more time. Anybody else? Praise God. Let's pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus, born of a virgin in a manger, who walked the earth for 33 and a half years and took my sin and died on a cross for me and rose again for the grave for me. I ask you today to forgive me of all of my sins, to wash me to cleanse me, to make me new. I receive your gift of salvation, of forgiveness. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen.